0: Hey there, welcome to the Pretty Little Tribe podcast, a space to talk about all things life, fertility, parenthood, and everything in between. My name is Elizabeth. I am an international fertility coach, ICF certified life coach, birth and bereavement doula, and new parent educator. Join us as we support the tribe throughout their journey from conception to bringing your new baby home and everything along the way. See you in the episode. everyone. Welcome back to Pretty Little Tribe Podcast. Today, we are going to be speaking with Eloise Drain, who is the founder of Family Inceptions and the course creator of the Surrogacy Roadmap, which I know is such a big topic these days in my world. And I am really excited to just bring awareness to all of these things. And I feel like surrogacy being a big one these days. Um, so welcome, Eloise. Thank you so much for being here. Well, thanks for having me. I appreciate it. Yes. So let's dive into, first of all, family inceptions. Tell us what that is, how its inception came about <laughs> sure. and, and where you are with it today. Yeah, sure. Absolutely.
1: Um, So Family Inceptions is a full service family building agency, and we specialize in surrogacy and egg donation. Um, Started the agency 14 years ago. um, And after my own personal experience as being a six time egg donor, a three time surrogate. um, And, and also for good measure, actually, I've also been a kidney donor. So um, that was the trajectory that got me into egg donation. And then egg donation got me into surrogacy.
0: How, okay. Wait, what got you into egg donation? Being a kidney donor. Okay. And tell us that story (laughs) if you don't mind. Yeah, absolutely. So I was
1: actually a kidney donor for a cousin of mine. Um, and after the donation, I traveled to California, uh, to, see him after obviously um, the whole process. And while I was there, I saw an ad for egg donors. Mm. And I was like, oh, you know, something I can do, but, you know, kind of put it in the back burner. And then um, probably over a year later, it just popped back into my head and I was like, you know, I wonder if it's something I can still do. And so I reached out to the agency and I asked them if I could do that. And they told me, sure. But at the time, and again, this is 1999, mm-hmm. they told me that Black women didn't have infertility issues. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. We know that to not oh be true. God. But are you kidding me? Yes. Yes. Would,
0: who would ever say that? It's yes. ridiculous.
1: Yes. So <laughs> I was like, oh, but remember, this is 99. So it was Dr. Google isn't what Google is today, right? I know, right? but
0: still, like, what are yeah. we- Insanely thing to say, no matter when it was.
1: Yes. So needless to say, 10 months later, they finally reached out to me, told me that they had a family that was interested. Would I still be willing to do it? I said, yes, did it. It was actually a horrible experience. Um, And so I was like, okay, well, it was good for the family. It came out to be, you know, positive. But Mm -hmm. for me, I just, I was like, okay, I never want to do this again. What about Um,
0: it was bad.
1: Well, I felt used quite honestly. Um, after, so after we were matched pretty much, unfortunately, that agency was not much help. I had to figure out everything on my own, where to go for a monitoring clinic, what to do. There was no guide to the medication on what to, you know, figure out how to get that done. And I mean, you know, as a 20 something year old, somebody is telling you, okay, give yourself injections at this time every single day for, and it's just like, oh, oh, wait, hold on. What? What? There was no explanation. There was no video to show you how to do it. You know, nothing. Um, So, but I ended up doing it, got it. They sent me a ticket to fly to the state where I was doing the donation. Nurse picked me up, um, took me to the hotel, said, I'll be back at 7 a.m. to pick you up she came at 7am, picked me up, took me to the clinic. They retrieved 27 eggs within about 20 minutes. Let me rest for 45 minutes, dropped me off at the door, handed me a check for $3,000 and said to call a taxi and go home. Thanks. Wow. Yeah. It's like, oh, okay. Well, that's not what I was expecting. That's not what I thought that this was going to be and definitely felt used. So I was like, okay, I don't think I'm ever going to do that again. But fast forward about, you know, two, three years later, God definitely had different uh, plans for me. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I went on to do my subsequent donations, but this time they were open donations. Um, okay. And so- I've actually been able to meet some of my egg donor babies. As a matter of awesome. fact, I will be meeting with um, one of them in a couple of weeks. Their parents are coming into town, so we're going to get together. Um, and And after I did my donations, I actually started working for a surrogacy agency and learned about that. Uh, through that agency and was like, oh God, yes, something I can definitely do. And then my husband was like, "Mm, yeah, no. Mm -hmm. Um, Took about a year to educate him on the process. And then he finally said, okay. Uh, And then I went on to carry twins the first time and then a boy the second time and a girl the third time.
0: Wow. Eloise, that's so beautiful. What, I mean, clearly you are Put on this earth for (laughs) a very impactful reason, you know. I think we all are, but this is extraordinary, so amazing. I'm so honored to be in your presence of somebody who is so giving in all of these ways and so, you know, thoughtful of the fact that other people are in such need to the extent to do that. That's that's an amazing gift.
1: Well, thank you. I appreciate that.
0: Um, so how how did that go with? I guess first from the egg donation and then to surrogacy because did you have to like gear yourself up for this situation and or did you talk to therapists or things like that? I know when at one point, I guess it's 27 years ago, um, my one of my sisters was, was diagnosed with a severe cancer and was not able to have children and that conversation started to happen at that point, but it was very it wasn't a known thing then. And so it was like, if somebody else is going to do this, you have to go through all this kind of therapy and make sure you're psychologically ready to do this. You have to have your own children first, et cetera, et cetera. Did you go through any of those things to kind of prepare yourself for the fact that like something of you is going to be out in the world and that sort of thing, or was it just kind of like a no brainer for you? And you just didn't even think twice about it. And then second to that, the surrogacy thing, right? Like I, I honestly and maybe selfishly I mean I I really would think it would be very difficult to carry a baby deliver and then give that up and maybe that's because of my own family history with situations like that that I'll talk about at a later date but maybe there's some ancestral stuff around that but was that for you really easy or was there any part of that that was you know struggling through that at all sure Well, first
1: on the egg donor side, prior to uh, being egg donor, obviously, as I mentioned, I was a kidney donor and um, no one could really understand why in the world at the time when I was a kidney donor, I was 23. Hmm already a mom of three, um, was married. Mm -hmm. And um, no one could understand at such a young age that I could make such a decision. And uh, for me, my faith is everything. And um, it was just something that was, I, I just knew that I knew that I knew. I didn't have any fear. I didn't have any worry. Once I decided that it was something that I was going to do, and we found out that we were a match. And that was the second time I had tried to see if I was a match. With my cousin, the okay. first time it actually showed that I wasn't a match. Um, two years with the same or, cousin. With the same cousin, he How ended up. Um, well, he ended up having a, a heart open heart surgery and had to have a blood transfusion and all of the things. And then somehow, some way, I don't know what happened, but we ended up being a match. Um, And again, for me, my faith is where I just believe that was kind of a divine intervention by God. And there it was. Mm -hmm. Um, So when I was going through that process, though, with him, I had to meet with every kind of psych you can imagine because mm-hmm. no one everybody was thinking like oh she had to be coerced i mean you know who would really would make this decision at such a young age uh-huh. and they actually even try to really get me out of it in of you know maybe you're just not thinking right or maybe somebody wow. is giving you something or whatever and i just kept telling people it's just something i know i'm supposed to do uh-huh. um you know for me i think luckily i found my calling at an early age and my calling for me is to serve other people um i just know i i just know it is yeah. and so egg donation kind of fell in line with that when i saw it it again i put it on the back burner but it it was always something that was sitting in the back of my head. Mm-hmm. And, you know, as a kidney donor, of course, you don't get paid to be a kidney donor. So in all honesty, when I saw the ad for egg donation, it wasn't often what a lot of people think is like, oh, you know, it's a quick way to make money. First of all, egg donation is not a quick way to make money. There is a lot that goes into becoming an egg donor. And we work with egg donors right now. We have egg donors that come to us and sign up. And before she is even Allowed to come into our database and become an option for somebody, Um, I have to interview her. I need to make sure, have you really thought this through? Do you understand the long-term decision of what you're doing? Mm -hmm. Luckily for me, I was very open. My children know that I um, have been an egg donor. Obviously they know I'm a a surrogate as well. But before I even walked down that path of surrogacy or even started my agency, it was never anything that I hid because I know that the beauty of what I have been able to create for somebody else is not anything to be embarrassed about or shamed about or Mm want to hide or anything of that nature. So I always knew for me that this was something that I was comfortable with. I didn't have any fear about. And again, a lot of people try to talk you out of things, but my, my thought is what I'm doing for somebody else is beautiful.
0: Yes, you can't
1: make it dirty. You can't make it um, where, you know, it's about money or anything. And for some people, maybe it is. However, for the majority of people who are willing to put their bodies through this, being a donor or even being a surrogate, um, it's an amazing gift and it's a beautiful gift. Um, and unfortunately, you know, there are a lot of naysayers out there, but um my thought to that is it's because you're not willing to see from another person's perspective. You're only willing to see through your eyes. Mm -hmm. So that's where, you know, my thought is as far as with surrogacy, um, it was the same thing. I just, I know I have a, a, a kind of a serving heart and when it was where, and I had easy pregnancies with my own children. And so when it was, that it was just like, Oh God, I would love to be able to do it. The issue wasn't necessarily me. The issue was my husband and getting him on board. Mm -hmm. Um, but when he finally got on board, then it was okay. Um, let's move forward. And, um, we did. And now, unfortunately, after I did my last journey, I ended up having to have an emergency hysterectomy. Okay. So, I've definitely had various experiences throughout, mm-hmm. but mm-hmm. again, I also look at those experiences as, okay, now you have the knowledge and you have the understanding so that you can prepare the next person.
0: Yeah, for sure. I wholeheartedly agree with that. Pregnancy was definitely not something that was ever easy for me. And I think part of that does help me serve others, right? And in, mm-hmm. in being able to understand the... the um. I often say we take it for granted as far as how easy pregnancy and delivery and all of those things are when really it is so delicate and there's a reason why we have hospitals now to be there for mothers and babies so that they can save lives compared to how it used to be. I mean, it really is such a crazy thing. Yes, <laughs> So exactly. I'm glad to hear that, um, although you had to have a hysterectomy, at least you're here and you're safe and sounds like baby was safe as well so that's good yes absolutely good um so i do feel like surrogacy in general is becoming more and more talked about thank goodness the other side of that though i feel like that always is followed up with that is that oh but i can't afford it right um i mean i remember thinking in my late 30s before i was even married i wonder if that's something i'm gonna have to do because i think i was 38 or 39 at the time i was talking to a doctor not a fertility doctor i don't know what he was but he was having babies through surrogacy and i was thinking well of course he can right because he's a doctor so he can afford the hundred thousand dollar fee or whatever it is um what is that actually like now these days is it more available to the average person or is it still seemingly out of reach for most? I mean, I know that there's grants and loans and things like that these days, but what's the, what's, what's, what's really happening with right. pricing around surrogacy? <laughs> <Right>, <right. laughs> Well,
1: unfortunately, surrogacy is just getting more expensive, is especially it? now. Wow. Yes, especially now, there is definitely a shortage of surrogates. And as you can imagine, COVID, I hate the word to even say I it know, and to C say it, it, yes, and that it, you know, is the blame, but it really truly is the blame. Because if you think about what COVID has done, a lot of women have kind of really not kind of, they have bared the brunt of having to stay home with the kids, having to do the homeschooling, having to do all of those things, which means if your children um, in the school shut down and you have to homeschool or you can't go to work or whatever, what are you going to do with your kids? You can't take them to the fertility clinic. And then on top of it all, Now you on, on everything else that you have to do because of COVID, whether it's work from home, take care of the kids at home, do all of the things. And now you have to add all the responsibility of becoming a surrogate. It is a big ask. Mm -hmm. And so for a lot of women, it's just like, you know what, right now is just not the time. I just can't deal with it. Or I would love to be able to do it, but I don't even have anybody to help me with my kids.
0: Right. And I don't know if that's still the case, but you, do you have to have had your own child in order to be a yes. surrogate? Yeah. yes, that And is then in order to do that, am I correct in saying as well that there are criteria as far as age, right? So most people that are in that age range that can do it most likely do have their own younger kids, right? It's that's unusual that a 23-year-old like yourself would have already had their kids and yet still be able to have kids later. So you're right. That kind of sweet spot of age availability for a surrogate always equates to having your own children within, you know, a younger age range that need to be taken care of. Yeah. I didn't think about it from that perspective. Thank you for shedding light on that. Um, so what can we do to, yeah, what can we do as regular public people to help spread the awareness of this to to let people know that this is a thing this is needed um yeah i mean because i think part of that is just educating people like your husband right who aren't aware of what it entails and why that's needed but so it's one thing for kind of a regular heterosexual couple but the real communities i feel like that need it the most usually are the homosexual couples and that sort of community.
1: Do well, you-, you would be amazed at it's not just a same-sex couple. They're same-sex, yeah. there are single individuals, male, female, and there's a lot of heterosexual couples. Um, the surrogacy is where, okay, so right now, average cost of surrogacy Um, including your IVF costs. So for the surrogate and all of the things, plus creating your embryos and doing all that, you're probably looking at easily about 150 to $180,000 for one child. My gosh. And so it is not definitely for the faint of heart. That's for sure. Now, you can try to find surrogates independently, and that's where surrogacy roadmap is coming into play. Because we definitely do recognize that it is becoming extremely costly for the average person to try to to. Um, to do. And so surrogacy roadmap was created so that we can kind of educate the general population on what you need to do in order to protect yourself, to protect your child, and quite frankly, to also protect the surrogate that's going to carry for you, whether she's known, family member, you know, sibling, friend, whatever, or even somebody unknown to you. Mm-hmm. So we go through all of the steps and it's pretty much kind of take, ch- taking the agency's understanding and know-how, but you doing all of the legwork and your d- DIY, if you will.
0: Okay. So, so there's is this a self-paced course that people can is. take. Okay. Absolutely. Yeah. Okay.
1: Um, and it's actually going to be launched the, at the week of, um, the week of, uh, infertility awareness week.
0: Amazing. Awesome. Yep. So,
1: um, so The surrogacy roadmap is for that family uh, inceptions is more of a full service agency where we go out and we find you the surrogate and then we go through the whole process. But again, that overall cost is going to vary dependent upon a number of different factors. Do you have insurance that will cover your IVF? Some insurances, believe it or not, are actually covering surrogacy now. Oh, now wow. it's not a substantial amount, but there are policies that are starting to cover surrogacy. Oh wow,
0: Yay. That makes me happy to hear yes. it, Even if it's at least it's out there, right? That, yes. That starts the ripple effect That's right. of others That's right. to realize they need to get on board. That's awesome. Yeah.
1: There are also loans that you can get that will help cover um, some of the surrogacy cost as well. A lot of the loans go up to a hundred thousand dollars now to help kind of, you know, um, take that cost. The grants and scholarships that are out there are not going to be sufficient at all. Mm-hmm. Um, typical average grants are about $10,000. Um, and and I mean, that's not even a dent in really what all of the overall costs that you yeah. need to cover,
0: right? Um, so, as far as the the timing of surrogacy, I know I always tell my clients if once they decide to go the egg donor ro- egg donor route, it goes pretty quick, right? Between like how how fast that can start rolling. What about surrogacy? Like, if I decide tomorrow, okay, we finally we're gonna we're gonna do this. How long is that process?
1: You need to give yourself at least two years. Right now, there's a waiting list of donors, excuse me, of surrogates across the country and it's average about a year.
0: Oh my gosh. Mm -hmm. Okay, that's good to know because I think people, that's such a big decision to make, right? And so a lot of people, I believe, drag their feet a little bit in in saying, okay, we're going to go down this road. And I am sure that they don't realize that there's once you make that decision, it's a year long. So Mm -hmm. is it a matter of getting on a wait list while you're deciding or is that not possible? So majority of agencies, um, require
1: that you commit to that agency. So you're typically signing a retainer uh, putting down some kind of, you know, deposit or whatever, and then you're on that waiting list and waiting to be matched. Um, again, there's such a shortage now, and there are a lot more people doing surrogacy than ever before. Okay, it's kind of a scary thought as well. Because if you think about and it's again, it's not just same sex, it's heterosexual couples. Yeah. And you do have to have a medical necessity. Right? Um, You know, I know you hear people that they do what they call social surrogacy, where okay, I just don't really want to carry. And so therefore, you know, I'm just gonna find somebody. But a lot of people are getting away from that. Because again, every time you get pregnant, you get pregnant, whether it's for yourself or somebody else, you're putting your life at risk. Why should this woman put her life at risk for, because you don't want to stop your career. Right. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Right. And especially when there's so many people that truly do need it. Right. I mean, just coming from that perspective, I think is, is huge. Um, What do you, what do you think the biggest takeaway is for somebody who's listening to this that might either be considering egg donation and, or surrogacy, what do you think they need to know?
1: Uh, do your research.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, and don't just assume because you're having fertility issues that you need to automatically jump to egg donation or that you automatically need to jump to surrogacy. That's the other thing. Um, and then, you know, and then do your research. You, um, and you don't necessarily need to work with an agency to do surrogacy and to do it properly and to do it safely.
0: Um, just like- and you can, again, learn how to do this all on your own with a surrogacy roadmap,
1: That's right. which I
0: think is going to be super helpful because that is going to be a great place to start your research, to know, I think, where to go next and what to do next and all of those sorts of things. Yes, exactly. Um, and of
1: course, take your time don't rush it. And you also need to kind of remember that this person that's carrying a pregnancy for you, she's a human being as well. She's not a commodity. Um, And you need to treat her accordingly.
0: Mm -hmm. And also, it's not guaranteed. That's the hard part, right? right? I mean, everybody thinks, okay, we're going to make this big decision to do egg donor. But then keeping in mind, that might not be the case either, you know, and or surrogacy. I know a lot of people who it didn't, you know, the transfers didn't take with a surrogate. And you just preparing yourself mentally for that as well. And I think that's really where I come in heavy on my side of the coaching stuff is just supporting the families through that experience emotionally, um, through the ups and downs and the expectations and you know, making sure that everybody understands how the process really works in order to To not be disappointed if in fact something doesn't work out the first time that they think it will god willing it does right but at the same time most people think that once they go down this road that it's a slam dunk and unfortunately it doesn't always work out that way do you know a statistic on both the egg donor and or surrogacy as far as success rate because i i really don't Um,
1: last I heard it was, um, it was up there. I think it was like at 70 or 77% or something like that. So it definitely is up there, but again, there's so many different factors to that. It's not, like you said, it's not a slam dunk.
0: Yeah. And I also want to touch back on the comment you made initially about, I I can't quote what you said, but was it African Americans don't have infertility issues or something Mm -hmm. to that effect? Um, I have lots of clients who have been in situations where they do actually need egg donors. And still, it's very, very difficult for them to find people who are of a match for them and their family. So I, you know, if anybody who's listening to this that can spread the word for others that if you know somebody that may be able to open their heart to be an egg donor, um, please let them know that, you know, the world is at a decline in fertility. It's going to continue to do that. And so more now than ever, we need egg donors, we need surrogates, we need all of those things of all different colors, races, you name it. Infertility does not discriminate about anything. Yes, our insides are all the same. We all bleed the same people, you know, Mm -hmm. we need to support each other as a collective as a human race. And knowing that, you know, there is a real need for, for all people to be having a a representative from their community in these areas. Yeah.
1: Well, and the other thing too, about the shortage, um, because before up until probably the last two years, quite honestly, uh, fertility clinics weren't really trying to find egg, black egg donors. So, um, that's the other thing too. There's definitely a shortage now because it wasn't a thing. Mm-hmm. Now it's a thing. And now there definitely is more people looking into it and more people, uh, more professionals, let me make that correction that are trying to find, um, more minority donors but that wasn't an important factor previously. Mm -hmm. So although yes, it's now a huge issue and people are starting to now pay attention, but that wasn't previous. Mm -hmm. Luckily, we we do have actually um, African-American donors in our database. No, it's not enough. There's still definitely a shortage. And we definitely try to put out information to help educate the community because that is the problem. There Mm -hmm. is a lack of education about this process within the African-American community and not just the African-American community, I would say the BIPOC community, there is definitely a lack of education. And, you know, if collectively as a community, everybody begins to open up and speak up and share, then more people would know that it was an issue and that it was needed.
0: Mm -hmm. Well, please let us know what we can do to help support that movement. And I think I'm happy to know though, just, I think the idea of social media for one, right, has opened up this whole experience to again all races to know that oh i'm having an issue i i too can go to this fertility clinic and and get help and know that this is a thing that's going on with everybody it does not discriminate and everybody is now gaining access unfortunately it's not level across the board still just as we were talking about the the expenses and the difference in um in costs for and coverage from insurance companies or whatnot, but you can also affect change with that with companies like Resolve that do advocacy work in your state and, and writing to your senators and things like that to, to make changes, which you know, it's takes work, but it is happening. So if, if any of you feel compelled to do that, I would look up resolve.org and join in on their advocacy day. It's generally in May. Um, and now it's all online, so you can do it from the comfort of your own home and, and really start to make a difference in this area of all types of fertility issues.
1: Yeah, that's right.
0: Is there any last words of what we should know around all of this information that you've given us? I feel like it's a lot to digest for people, especially if it's something that they're considering, um, to do with egg donor or surrogacy, what would you suggest for them?
1: Give yourself grace. That's what I would suggest. Give yourself grace. Um, You know, this process is not going to happen overnight. And, and of course you want to hurry up and have that baby, but, um, would you rather have it where it happens exactly how it's supposed to happen and on time or rush something? And then it either not happen or it just be a nightmare to even go through it. So just allow yourself grace and allow the process to happen as it's supposed to.
0: Yeah. And I just would add to that, you're not alone. There are so many people that want to support you and are here to show up for you and guide you down the path so that it can be a little easier and less emotional than it, you know, sometimes is. Mm -hmm. So really lean on the community that you have around you and find people that get you, they hear you, they see you of what you're going through because you're, you feel like you're the only one who's ever been through this, but you're not. And, find somebody that can help support you through that because it will make your journey so much easier when you're open about it, when you are leaning on somebody else and just taking in that support of so many people, again, even as a collective that really want to support you and are lifting you up in spirit. That's right. So, well, thank you so much, Eloise, for being here. I can't wait to learn more about your Surrogacy Roadmap course and we'll talk to you soon. All right. Thank you so much for having me. I appreciate it. Yes. Thank you for listening to this episode of the Pretty Little Tribe podcast. Follow up on Instagram at the Pretty Little Tribe or at Elizabeth King underscore coaching for updates, resources, and a community to connect with. If you are looking for extra support and tools to guide you along your TTC and parenting journey, visit ElizabethKing.com. Don't forget to rate and review the podcast everywhere you're listening for a chance to receive a special gift. Visit elizabethking.com backslash podcast for more information on how to enter. Any review counts. I just appreciate your honest feedback so I can provide you with the best support possible in your TTC and parenthood journey. Thank you so much for listening and we'll see you next week.